I've got something a little bit different for you today, which I think you're really going to like. And it's focused on one of the biggest problems I think that you have. How do you realistically learn new things when you have very, very limited free time and also a life which is taken up by lots of other things, your job, your family, your home, whatever it is? How do you learn new things in an effective way that actually sticks in your mind and that isn't overly time consuming? Joining me on the podcast, I'm talking to Brie. Brie is a psychologist and she's also an EFL coach and podcast host. And she has a massive passion for storytelling. In fact, her podcast is called Into the Story. I'll leave the link in the description box. Brie is going to share with you some really interesting insights about why learning long lists might not be as effective as you think and three easy methods that you can use to help yourself remember and most importantly retain these new phrases and words that you want to learn. In the newsletter for this week I'm going to write down some of the key points and a summary for you to take away from the conversation too. If you want to sign up to my newsletter, Communicate Confidently, go to the link in the episode description. To get the newsletter for this week's episode with my conversation with Brie, you need to sign up to the newsletter by Friday the 2nd of February 2024 at 10am. That's all from me then, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation and take something away from it. Brie, I'd love to start by asking you what sparked your initial interest in memory techniques and also storytelling? Well, first I'll answer the question about memory techniques. So when I was in university in my cognitive psychology class, so the class where you learn kind of about the brain and thinking about the brain like a computer processor, they teach you memory techniques. They teach you about why they're effective, and how to use them. So I remember specifically learning uh, a memory technique we're going to speak about today, where you take the information and you imagine that you find all of those bits of information in a space that you're very familiar with, like your house. And I used that specific technique to memorize different areas of the brain. So I use memory techniques to help myself get better marks in university, basically. And the storytelling part of things, where does, where does that come from? I, there's, there's a, an author, let me just check his name, but he says something that I absolutely agree with and live and feel. His name is Salman Rushdie. And he says that we need stories. We need stories to understand ourselves. And we are the only creature that do this unusual thing of telling each other stories in order to understand the kind of creature we are. So for me, I just, I'm the type of person where when I get together with friends, I'm like, tell me a story. I just, I love it. And I think it also helps me kind of understand my own life. So this maybe sounds a bit strange, but when I'm going through something difficult, I think of it and imagine myself in a movie. So I imagine that I am like, when it's, you know, maybe family drama, 
with my sisters or whatever, I imagine that I'm in like a romantic comedy and that just gives it this light, fun, nice feeling that I'm a character and things happen and then they finish and that's all. So I just, I've just always really loved stories, telling them and listening to them. One of the biggest problems that people have is remembering things, right? That's obvious. A lot of people, when they're learning a language, they, there's the biggest thing they have problems with. They Maybe they see a word once, but how do I actually remember it? How do I actually start to use it as part of my part of my vocabulary? What do you think some of the biggest problems are with, let's say, the standard or conventional techniques that some people use at the moment? I think that... Uh, when we learn a language, we want to take the vocabulary and put it in our brain. So we think, okay, if I want to take the vocabulary and put it in my brain, then I will get a very long list of all the vocabulary. I will read it several times and that's all. But that's not the way our brains work. Because when we take a new piece of information, so I'll give an example for, for me, for example, when I was learning Spanish, I wanted to learn the past tense verbs. So I remember in, I'm from Canada and I loved when I moved to Barcelona going to the beach. It was like very, very romantic. I'm in Barcelona. So I'd go with my word lists of the past tense verbs and I would sit on the beach and read my list and think, oh, this is so wonderful. I'm going to be speaking Spanish in three months and la-di-da. But in fact, I could not memorize these verbs by reading lists. And then I remembered back to my psychology days and that if we put a new piece of information in our brain, so fui or iba a la farmacia, for example, my brain has no reference for those new words. It has nothing to connect to. And our brains need a lot of different connections, a lot of different neural connections in order to remember something. So that's why we talk about learning in context, because when we learn in context, we're connecting new information to information that already exists in our brain or in the world around us. So basically, lists don't work because the information can't hold on to anything else in our brains. And that's why memory devices or learning in context or the best of all, complete immersion in a culture and language are the best ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'd love for you to go into more detail about what these memory techniques are that you talked about that you learned in university, but that you also applied when you were learning Spanish as well. Well, the, the most probably well-known memory technique, or also we call them mnemonic devices, so memory techniques, uh, is the, me the method of loci, or sometimes pronounced loci. And this is more commonly known as the memory palace technique. And this is not new at all. It actually goes back to the ancient Greeks and Romans. And the, the technique involves associating information that you want to learn with physical locations, such as your house. And the reason that this is effective is because we know these spaces very well. 
we can, I can close if I say, okay, imagine your childhood house. You don't have to try to remember that. So that information is already in your brain, very, very consolidated, very solid. It's not difficult for you to use. And then what you do is start placing information inside that palace, that memory palace or that house. So uh, there is a famous polyglot called Timothy Donor, and he has a TED Talk. If you look up Timothy Donor and uh, memory technique, this will come up. And he speaks about using this um, memory palace. He's trying to learn new words, I think, in Russian. And he imagines going to like some central square in New York where he's, I believe he's from New York. And he describes it very well. So like he imagined the fountain and the fountain meant this and then and this. And he just goes around the space in his mind and he can always recall those words. So for me specifically, I would use this technique. And, but instead of using my house, I would use my walk to university. So going back to my university days. And I would imagine each kind of milestone on my walk. So when I got to the end of my street, I don't remember, I'm sorry, but I don't remember exactly what the parts of the brain were, but I would kind of picture this, you know, one brain part down here, and then that would be that. And then I would keep walking, and then the next would be over here, you know, the occipital lobe is responsible for this, and I would go slowly. And the only thing I had to do to remember the information was really go into my mind and start my walk. So this is a great technique. However, for me and for learning language, I find a much more effective technique is something called the linking technique or the story method. So this is kind of taking a, say, a word list or grammar and putting it into a story that is personalized and meaningful. And this specifically works great because instead of thinking about, for example, we, we think in pictures. So if I think of the word house, I don't see H-O-U-S-E in my mind. I see a house. So then when we construct a story in our minds, it's much more easy to remember. So instead of going on and on about this, let me tell you how I used it. So when I had to memorize these past tense verbs in Spanish, instead of trying to just memorize the vocabulary, the vocabulary list on the beach, I created a, a story, which in fact was a true story. So I wrote it down. Cuando yo, so when I came to Barcelona, I was living in a flat with two flatmates. And one day we went, anyways, you can imagine it was a type of little story. It wasn't long. It was like five sentences. But in that story that I constructed that was meaningful to me because it was in fact true and very easy for me to remember, I touched on all of the different types of verb tenses. And then whenever I needed to use them, and I sometimes still use this, um, and I definitely use it for the subjunctive tense, which is very difficult for English speakers to learn in Spanish, I would just tell myself the story. Like sometimes I even close my eyes, tell myself the story, and I'm like, okay, yes, I need the subjunctive there because in my story, this is how it worked. So it sounds kind of silly, but it's really worth taking the time to kind of construct a story to, to use. 
And can it help? Because it's obviously it could help with different vocabulary words, maybe, or different tenses, for example. I was also listening to you talk about that your walk to university and thinking that could even be something that would be useful for giving a, a speech or giving a presentation, perhaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have a, um, a speech coming up soon, a presentation. And I, I more use the story method just because I am, uh, you know, a lover of stories. Everything for me is stories. But so let's imagine that you're giving a presentation and you have most of us, when we give presentations, we have slides, right? So say you have 10 slides. Your, your presentation needs to be prepared very well. You need to know the information. But when you're giving the presentation, you could kind of imagine starting at one location, and then moving on to another location in that different location, there's this information and then keep going until you get to the, to the end of the presentation. Normally, once we practice a presentation enough, ideally a presentation has a flow and the information links to, to each other anyway. So it shouldn't, shouldn't necessarily need to use this type of technique, um, but it absolutely could be useful. Let's imagine that... This is kind of a silly example, Um, but let's imagine the get in, get out, get on, get off phrasal verbs, right? Okay, so we have these very common phrasal verbs and they, so the the non-story method, but just explaining basically. So get in and get out are phrasal verbs that we use for private transport let's say so we get in a car and we get out of a car but get on and get off we use for public transport so you get on a train and you get off of a train or a metro or but instead of just learning it that way because it could be easily confused you know what is it is it in or out i don't i don't remember you could make a story You could imagine that you are going to the way you go, your commute in the morning. So the way you go from your house to work, if you work in an office, you could say every morning when I am, I have my coffee, I walk out of the door and then I get in my car. And when you construct the story, you really imagine yourself, you picture it in your mind's eye, opening the door and going in, like you're going inside the car. And then I drive to the train station. I get out of my car. Can you really imagine getting out? I walk down the beach for 10 minutes and then I wait for the train. And when the train comes, I get on. So you really imagine yourself walking on to the train. And I sit on the train. I listen to Anna's podcast while I'm on the train. (laughs) And then when I get into the city, I get off. And you really picture yourself getting off of the train. So this is like a very simple story, but it's, uh, it's personalized. It has imagery and it's likely that you won't, if you tell your, tell it to yourself, you won't forget it. Um, and eventually you don't need the story. So the idea of mnemonic devices is is that they work for when you need them. So I use them in university to study my tests and I've forgotten that information. It's gone. I can't go back to my memory palace and find the information, but for a language, you have these devices, you use them and eventually 
The words are just there. You've learned them. You don't need them anymore. But for the time that you're learning, it's great to, to have to use this, this story method. I'm thinking of somebody at work. You could say, every day I have to, I'm thinking of business phrasal verbs here. It could be every day I have to sort out problems. Every day I have to get back to my clients. Every day I have to deal with issues. Every day I have to iron out differences. And then that could be it. And Or maybe a little bit more personalized, but then you kind of, that's your link. That's your reference point. And then you, like you said, once you've got that story in there, eventually you don't even have to use the story because it's so embedded or so connected to what you already know. Exactly. And what you've just said, so this is the linking method, very similar to the story method. This is why people remember lyrics and songs because it's linked together. And there's all other theories about why music is so amazing. But, you know, if you did put together a little phrasal verb poem, and I'm sure that if you go into chat GPT right now, you take five phrasal verbs and you say, make me a poem, it'll make you a poem. And then you just me- you memorize it, you say it to yourself, it has a rhyme. And it's great because once you have one bit of information, once you remember the first line, the second line links to the first, and then you just keep going. The only, I would say, weakness of the linking method is like if you imagine a necklace or a chain, one link connects to the other. But if you do forget one of those links, you might not be able to get to the last information. How many times has that happened in a song? You're like, I just need to find the first line and then I'll get it. But if you can't find that first line, then you're missing the chain and it's gone. Whereas a story, we tend to remember a story as like, a, we remember the arc, we remember the, the context, the feeling, the images. We could be like, okay, I don't remember it first, but I can jump in at the part where I get on the train. I think it's really useful because a lot of people don't have a lot of time, right? They don't have a lot of time to to look at things. Maybe you've only got five minutes during your coffee break and maybe your only time that you have to yourself is like Sunday afternoon between six and eight and the rest of the time your brain's full of other things about work. I'm always really interested to hear about ways that people can learn that's more effective and it sounds like this could be a really or these methods can be really effective and in in a way save you the time and energy of like staring at a long list, thinking about how am I actually going to absorb all of those words? Is this sort of method, maybe I'm not sure if this is a good question, but is this sort of method work with all people? Like are all people visual in general? Yes. Yes. People, um, some people more so than others but we do think in images. Of course, there are mm, variations on the normal cognitive experience for people. And there are different um, people who are like neurodiverse, who their brains think about things in different ways. Um, people who are on the autism spectrum, for example, they, are, they classically think about the world and experience the world in, in different ways. But yes, All of us are visual thinkers. So if we can take information that is new to us and put it into a visual link, a story, it will be effective. And I think like you say that most of us don't have a lot of time. It's kind of these methods are great because you don't need anything. You just need your mind, right? Like you really don't. And I have 
when I was learning Spanish, of course, I'm still learning and always improving. But when I was at those beginning phases, like I downloaded uh, an expensive app and it was for verb training and it was great. And the concept was, was good. And, but in the end it was just memorizing. It was just rote memorization and it was not as effective as just good old fashioned using my brain. But when you start using these techniques, it can feel a bit, say, tiring, right? Because you're using your imagination to create something. And we live in a time where we're used to passively receiving information. And we know that anything that we receive passive is not going to be as memorable as active. So even though these techniques are not you living abroad in a country where you're using the language, you are using your brain to creatively create links between the information but it is worth it it is worth sitting down on the train and instead of looking at your phone closing your eyes and building a story with business phrasal verbs or building a poem because it is a lot more likely to stick into your into your imagination and your memory to to wrap it up then Brie I'd love if you could maybe share what would be your number one piece of advice that you would give people who are trying to learn English, let's say they're an intermediate level, they're professional, they're they're frustrated, they don't feel like they're making progress. What what would be your biggest piece of advice to them about how they could use some of these techniques to to help them? Well, I think I would open it up to perhaps a more general tips or advice about learning in general. So we know that learning something, and specifically because we're speaking about language learning, we know that the gatekeeper to learning is being entertained and engaged. So if you're trying to learn something, but you're not interested, you don't feel entertained, you don't like what you're you're receiving, hearing, reading, it's going to be really difficult to learn. So I would, I would say that absolutely continuing to do things that, that people enjoy and eventually the language will, will stick and, and specifically stories, the story method that we talked about today. So when we listen to a story, we are releasing like dopamine because it feels good or cortisol because we feel stressed or we feel, oh, what's going to happen? Afraid. And all of that helps us remember things. So I think I've given you like a lot of different things, but what I, I think the takeaway is do things that you like doing and forget about lists, forget about all those things that perhaps you learned in school and about the way you should. It's just not true. Uh, continue listening to podcasts, being entertained, enjoying, and, and you'll definitely get to where you want to go. Thank you so much. That was really, really useful and and eye-opening. And I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun.